And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this hump day. Casey Jisclair here with Coach Brian Kyle. I hope everybody is enjoying the start of their day as much as we are. We are having a wonderful Wednesday, and we hope the same for you. We've got a busy show planned, very busy show planned. In the next segment of the show, we're going to Coach Gage Griffin of Central Lafouche, who will be joining us. Uh, it's game day for them. They're taking on HL Bourgeois. Big, big matchup for the Trojans trying to get a win over the Bourgeois Braves. We will have Gage on to talk about that matchup and where the Trojans sit as we go down the stretch run of the season. Then at noon, we're going to have South Lafouche boys basketball coach, Coach Brody Williams, joining us. The Tarpons had a tough one last night against Patterson. We'll ask Coach Brody about the way his team played. I thought they competed hard, just came up a little bit short against a very good Patterson team. 12-15, we've got Taylor Griffin on the line. Who we got so much to talk about with the Turtle and really with Gage in terms of the wrestling stuff. The wrestling stuff is hot and heavy right now. But uh, we're going to talk with Taylor about NFL playoffs and NBA and you know, all sorts of different stuff. Some nickels. And then, of course, we'll get to the WWE. Then at the bottom of the show, if we have time, don't know if we will. But if we have time, we'll get to our mailbag. Likely we'll do the mailbag tomorrow. Busy night last night. In our local boys and girls basketball area, extremely busy night last night, and we go into our scoreboard, and we tell you that last night, man, Coach Ashley um, Adams, Coach Ashley Adams, Coach Ashley Barber gets a big old win last night. The Thibodeau Tigers get a huge 42-40 win over Destrehan. It was a Destrehan team that coming into that game was undefeated in district play. Well, they go to the jungle last night and fall to Thibodeau. It is a win that gives Thibodeau uh, a huge boost of power points. Thibodeau was right on that playoff bubble. Well, last night they moved up a peg or two and get to number 27. Coach Barba and her team get a much-needed signature win, 42-40 to 40 over Destrehan. Coach Barba and the staff got to be elated. That's a huge, 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 huge win for Thibodeau last night, Coach Kyle. Yeah, it is. Uh Tarpon fans, you uh, you're not pulling for the Tigers. Nope, 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 nope. They're ahead of you, and uh, but that's a big win for the uh, Lady Tigers. Uh, they started off the season on a high note. They looks like they're gonna be ended on a high note. Let me ask you this, and I, I, this is something I don't know the answer to. I don't know if you know the answer to it. Let's say, okay, let's say two teams are tied for 18th and they both have an identical power rating record and the teams played head to head does head to head become a tiebreaker mm, man there's a way I'm, I'm trying to think of a tiebreaker and I, I can't is it uh, is it who has the most wins or because there are instances where teams do have an identical number that's, that's what's yeah curious. I'd have to look that up to be okay no, I'm I'll not, I was I'm just not curious exactly sure I was just curious Hondo gets a 55-17 to win over Terrebonne in girls' basketball action that last night. No big surprises there. Hondo's one of the best in the area. Terrebonne's having a rough season. 4A, Assumption defeats South Terrebonne 43-31. to Good win for Assumption last night, bouncing back after a loss against Vanderbilt. In a game that, uh, well, before that, first, Hamilton Christian. Whew, Hamilton Christian gets a 68-10 to win over Morgan City last night. Big win for them. In a game that we were at, in a game that we called, Vanderbilt gets a 53-22 to win over South Lafouche. The Terriers last night just smothered the Lady Tarpons. Went back and watched that one last night because, you know, hey, I was bored and didn't have anything to do. 
Uh, Van the Bills defense was tremendous. South Lafouche couldn't get any clean looks. They were trying to get the ball to the inside of Nyla Lyons. Mackenzie Charles did an outstanding job denying her the ball. Vanderbilt stays undefeated in district. I think they're going to stay undefeated in district for a long time. They got a 31-point win against South Lafouche last night. Yeah, very impressed with uh, the play of Vanderbilt last night. Uh, they run some good sets. They uh inside out. Michaela Charles, uh, Journey Johnson. Oh, she played great last um, night. Amongst others. And uh, we mentioned it last night in the broadcast. You got three coming on the, off the bench onto the court, and there's not much of a drop-off at all. Yep. Um, they are well-rounded. They have depth, uh, good coaching. They, they, they are set to make a run coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Think about them. It's like they, they have a lot of fun, man. Like when the bench goes in and one kid scores, they're cutting up and having a good time. Even when the JV was playing, they were up, and like they've got a great vibe and great chemistry, and it's – Really cool to see kids rooting for one another like that. E.D. Yeah, White, very, yeah. very unselfish play. Yeah, no, they, I mean, making the extra pass several times. No it's, doubt, it's good to see. No doubt, it is good to see. E.D. White gets a fifty to ten win over Berwick. The Cardinals are starting to play at a really high level. They get a huge win over Berwick. St. James gets a sixty to sixteen win over Donaldsonville. Um, let's see what else we got. Patterson was off last night, district by Homa Christian School. Got a big win last night. Remember, we had Jamar Celestine. He said, hey, we got Letcher, and then we got Country Day. Uh, well, they beat Country Day last night in their home gym, 45-33. to Great win for Homa Christian on their home floor, defeating Country Day last night. We had a big result locally, and I'm going to make sure I get the name right here. Covenant Christian Academy gets a victory last night. Um, and staying hot in that victory last night, we had, let's see, da, 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 where am I? Maddie Carey of CCA getting over 1,000 career points in a 51-22 to win over Centerville. CCA gets to 14-7 and on the year. Congratulations to Maddie Carey. Coach, 1,000 points is a lot, and that's a great accomplishment. And it's a CCA team that's playing at a high level, 14 wins on the season. Kudos to Maddie Carey, uh, girl with some down by roots. Um, thousand points for a CCA team that's going to the playoffs. That's awesome to see when these uh, young athletes get a thousand points in their career. That that's not easy to do. No, no, no. It's it's uh, and that's a great accomplishment. Congratulations. Central Catholic on the girls' side gets a fifty-five to forty-six win over Highland Baptist, and that closes the door on our girls' basketball scoreboard for last night, which now opens the door. For our boys' basketball scoreboard from last night, we had some pretty surprising results. Central Lafouche and Bourgeois, they're playing tonight. The game was listed on Tuesday. They're playing tonight over in Matthews. Expect a big crowd. How about this one? Destrahan, winless on the season. Until now, they go on the road in the jungle, get a 48-40 win over Thibodeau. Coach Kaiwed and all the folks in the district had been saying, hey, Destrahan's going to get somebody. They got somebody last night. Fresh off of playing East St. John close, Destrahan finally gets their first win. It's got to be a tough one for Thibodeau. You never want to be that team to give somebody their first victory. The Wildcats get it. Kudos to them. 48-40, to 40, they go on the road and get a win. And, again, it's the same same story with Thibodeau. Trouble scoring. I mean, you only give up 48, you would expect to uh, win most of those games, but they just got trouble scoring. How about this result? Ellender. 59, Dutchtown, 55. The Patriots go on the road 
and get a road victory over a 13-win Division I 5A team. Cornell Scott is coaching his behind off. These Patriots are getting better and better. They're more than likely now going to get in in Division II non-select. And I'll go so far as to say I want no part of them in round one because they are starting to play much better basketball. Yeah, that that result kind of uh, surprised me a little bit. And look, the Patriots are young, very young. And that would, most teams, what you want to see, improve as the season goes on. And this team is 100% doing that. They're right on the bubble. They're sitting at 29 right now. They need to improve a little bit to try to get into that top 28. But the way that they're going right now, you think they're going to get some wins coming home. I think that they're sitting in a pretty good spot to make that a reality. Uh, Let's see. Also in 5A last night, we had, I think, Terrebonne played Hanville. The girls played. I didn't get a score for the boys. I'll try to clarify that because there's nothing posted on the LHSA website. They might have moved that game after Hanville played Bourgeois on Monday. I'll try to clarify that for you guys. In 4A, we had, let's see, we, we told you about the matchup with Ellender. We had South Lafouche falling last night against Patterson, 49-37. to couple of things. A, we saw why Patterson is a very difficult team to project because they play well for five minutes. They play poorly for four minutes. They argue with their coaches at times. Sometimes they're bought in. Sometimes they're not. When they're right, extremely good. Make shots from all over, big dudes, all, but they're so frustrating to watch because they don't give you a consistent effort possession by possession, much less game by game. They do enough to win by a dozen, but man, 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 that is a team with so much potential, and you could see why they have all these ebbs and these flows because they do that during the middle of the damn game. Yeah, it was uh, up and down. Uh, (laughs) They came out, they started on fire, then uh, turnovers, careless, taking care of the ball carelessly, um, still jacking up threes, and uh, man, just undisciplined uh, is all you can say. And I'm not, I don't want to knock anyone, but uh, that's why we, we crazy night in the gym, and it was a. Uh, it, it it was a little crazy toward the end of that game, and um, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> Belchase gets a fifty-eight to forty win over Lutcher. Big win for Belchase last night, beating Lutcher. Belchase is pretty damn good. Generate gets a fifty to thirty-three win over Morgan City. Uh, our local four A district, man, it's going to be a race to see who's going to be the second place team because it's kind of a struggle once you get past Vanderbilt. The boys' side, E.D. White gets a 60-35 to win over Berwick. E.D. White's now won two straight, um, beating Destrehan and now beating Berwick. Donaldsonville gets a 54 to, or excuse me, 64-56 to win over St. James. Good win for Donaldsonville over St. James. Let's see. We told you about Patterson. We told you about St. James. We'll go to 2A, and we could tell you that there was no one locally that played in 2A, but we could tell you that tonight we'll be at Thomas Jefferson and Homer Christian School for a game of the week and a game that might be the district championship. Thomas Jefferson played last night against Pearl River and lost 65-59. to So maybe some heavy legs there coming in as Thomas Jefferson loses to Pearl River. In single A, we've got another 1,000-point guy to tell you about. Benjamin Case of, Coven- of not Covenant Christian, of Central Catholic Morgan City gets to 1,000 career points. 
uh, in the first quarter of a 66-33 win over Highland Baptist Central Catholic is red hot. Probably the longest winning streak in our area. Maybe Bourgeois got one longer, but they're certainly one of the hottest teams in the area. Benjamin Cage, just a junior, 1,000 career points. He's going to get much, much, much more than that. Big old win for Central Catholic last night. Yeah, look, that team, along with Ellender, improving throughout the season. And we knew with uh, Central Catholic that they were going to improve because uh, they went deep into the football playoffs. So we knew once they got back playing that they were going to be a team to be reckoned with, and they're playing some good ball right now. CCA gets a hard-fought home win against Centerville, 53-49. to That's a good win for the Lions, getting a four-point win over Centerville. So a big one for them there. Tonight we got some matchups that are some pretty big ones. As we said, Homer Christian and Thomas Jefferson, you'll be able to hear that one on ESPN 100.3. It's our game of the week. We've also got in Matthews, HL Bourgeois, and Central Lafouche. That'll be a boy-girl doubleheader. So we got some big games around the area tonight. You found the answer yes, to the question? Yes, we found that if two schools are tied and they played each other during the season, the school that won the most games against the other school shall be the higher-seeded team. That makes sense. I mean, that's maybe the only LHSA rule that makes sense, but that does make sense. If they're if you're tied and you played them head-to-head and you beat them, you should get the tie. And if they didn't play head-to-head or there's more than two schools involved, the tie shall be broken applying class play percentage. So your win percentage in games of your class, like if you're 4A, who's got the best yep. win percentage? Okay. All right. Well, we got the answer to that, and we thank Coach Kyle for digging that out. Let's catch a break when we get back. Are you doing all right this morning? I know a rough night last night in a gym. Rough night. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing great, man. I got home yeah, and just... I got home and I watched my Clippers beat the Lakers. That's always good. Um, yeah, I was, I was actually pulling for the Clippers. My man, LeBron right. wasn't playing though. He was scared. Yeah, he was. He was scared. Uh, let, let's get to. The phones in the next segment, we're going to go to our guy. Yeah, Gage Griffin will be joining us. I know he's fired up. His team's taking on HL Bourgeois at home today. Big opportunity for the Trojans. Something tells me Gage got a little extra pep in his step. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper, or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, The Back Road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. Water safety tips from Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. One, always designate a water watcher when children are in and around water. Two, wear your life jacket when on a boat or near open water. Three, remove toys from swimming pools when not in use. Four, empty all blow-up pools and buckets of water when not in use, as children can drown in as little as two inches of water. Five, check the water first if a child goes missing. Six, stay off and away from the rock jetties. And number seven, swimming lessons can reduce drownings by 88%. Learn to swim. Start your day off with a fresh brewed cup of Mellow Joy. The original Cajun coffee company since 1936. It brings members to Louisiana's rich culture. Available in dark, medium roast, decaf, and full line of flavored specialty coffees. Mellow Joy is available in selected grocery stores in your area. To begin receiving Mellow Joy at your office, call 1-86-MELLOJOY. Sayez les cafés du Mellow Joy, c'est des plus 
Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Welcome back to Play by Play here. We've got three call-in guests lined up. The first one right out of the gate is Coach Gage Griffin of Central Lafouche who's on the line now. Gage, good morning, buddy. How are we doing today? Good morning. I'm doing wonderful. How are y'all? Doing great, bro. Big old day. Let's j- jump right into it. It's a big old day for your program. You're taking on H.L. Bourgeois, the only undefeated left in our district. It's the ending of round one for them. You guys got them at your place. It's a big challenge. Um sure you guys are awfully excited about what's going to happen in the next 12 or so hours. That's it, and we're very excited for them to come in. Great team. They're rolling. I believe they're 6-0 and coming into us. They're ending their first round of district, us too. And they're rolling right now. They're number seven, I think, in the state, or number eight. We, we need a big win. I uh, you know we talked before, if you go on a little losing streak in this district here, it could hurt you. We're trying to get ours tonight. For sure, man. Look, let, let's talk about this. Um, they got so many weapons. Uh, Coleman is, is is explosive. You know, the the, the green kid is, is explosive. You can't really take anything away. So how do you try to slow them down knowing that you can't, you know, really, like, focus on any one thing, so to speak? Yes, and look, them kids work very hard. Andrew got them rolling. He's done a great job with them all season, especially their improvement from last year has been great to watch on the outside. Now coming in to play them, it, it could be a tough matchup tonight. But we could try to slow them down. I know they love to get out in transition. They love to shoot the three ball. We struggled with the three ball last week defending it. Hornville did very well from the three-point line, which is why that score was the way it was. But we've improved some things this week defensively that I think will work, work out a little better in our favor. And if we can hit some shots tonight, we're going to compete with them. And I think we could pull out the win if we keep it together. Tell me about that. You know, you messaged me after the the Hanville game, and you said, "Hey, man, like they, they just didn't miss. They they were on fire. Uh, they they got eighty six points on you. That's uncharacteristic. Nobody had even scored even anywhere even close to that on you guys this year. In some respects, I mean, obviously, you know, you got to do better than that. But in some respects, do you almost just kind of consider that one an outlier? I mean, how often is a team going to shoot the ball that well? Do you, how how easy was it to flush that one away, knowing that hey, that was just their night? Oh, yeah, and that's what at halftime, of course, it wasn't, oh, we're looking to the next one, everything. But, man, they were hitting some miraculous shots. And then I told them at halftime, I said, look, if they hit that way again, it's just their night. And sure enough, they did it again. I believe they hit <laughs> 17 or 16 three-pointers in Good that game. Grief. Uh, I haven't seen that in my 10 years being a part of high school basketball. But uh, it became – guys you were just a victim tonight if they came out and shot that way against hl monday night they could have pulled out hl it would have been a little different for them but it was just it was a struggle to keep our kids heads into it when they were hitting so many shots because we were hitting we got i think to 60 points um but if we could hold hl to below 70 tonight i know we got a shot um hornville was just rolling it was a hard game 
It's going to be a big old crowd tonight. Um, two really good teams. I hope so. They're going to bring a crowd. I think you guys are going to bring a crowd. Um, dude, I mean, this is what you guys practice and prepare for. It's nights like tonight, man. I, I sincerely hope, like you said a second ago, I really hope that gym's packed tonight. I really hope so, and I think it will be. Um, the community's been backing us. They've been seeing the record and everything. They don't look at all the power rankings and everything, but they know HL is rolling coming in. They know that's always a rivalry matchup that we got, and our kids love playing against each other. And every time we do, this could be a great environment. It could get intense at times. But I, I know we're going to bring it tonight, and I know they will too. Both teams really want this. They want to stay undefeated. We're trying to get us a big one. The thing that I like going into tonight, my kids play better when they're the underdog, when they got stuff going against them. And I think we're playing that underdog role a little bit tonight with the way things have been going. I think we're going to rise to the occasion. Gage, I see it here on the, the game day flyer. Jay's famous jambalaya is absolutely delicious <laughs> to anybody who is going to the game tonight. Do not eat dinner before. Eat dinner at the gym because, brother, that is well worth the $5. Even if you're not a basketball fan, it's well worth going out just to get yourself a plate. Absolutely. Come get you that. We'll have some jambalaya here. It's been wonderful. It's one some awards over here in the Jambalaya Cook-Off at the beginning of the football season. They've had it there. We got it here tonight. And hopefully people come out, buy it, helps us out while they get a good time. Bro, it's such an interesting situation for you guys. As I see it right now sitting at number 20. And you guys with some wins coming home can get into the top 16 and, and could host and all these great things. But if you struggle in the second round of the district, you could be at the bottom half, if not maybe even missing out altogether. Like You guys still have every possibility still in front of you the rest of the way. This second round of the district is going to be huge for your team. We do, and the pressure's going to be on every night. I actually got it written on our board in here, and the question reads, where do you want to be? What have you worked for all these years? And I got it laid out for them. Seven games left. You win seven or six, you probably got a home playoff game. You're looking pretty. Like you go to win five or four, you're going to be in, but you could be in the 20. You win three, the only way you make it is with a lot of help. And if you win less than that, you don't really deserve to be in, even if you would be. But uh, I think they're going to start to see it. They're going to feel we need to get these wins. We need to start playing our best ball again. Since the Walker tournament, it's been a completely different story some nights. We don't move as much and everything. I think we started to get back on track at one point in the Hornville game, but they just shot us out of the game completely. But hopefully we come to play. I really think the kids understand how important each game is from this point out. And I got nine seniors. Man, they got seven games left if they don't take care of business. So if they want to play any further, they need to lock, they need to lock in. Got blasted in your last game, bro. And, and, and you know, you you mentioned that big old senior group, and you mentioned you know the importance of the games coming in. How important is it tonight, early, to have something to feel good about, so that those kids can realize, all right, that last game is over. We're in a different battle today. I feel like now more than uh, maybe some other games, getting off to a strong start in those first three or four minutes is going to be vital for your team. It really is, and we've had some slow starts in the past. Against Chippewa, we started off slow, and then we picked it up second half, had a great half. Um, we, we need to come in rocking because I know HL is going to come out firing. If we could stop them, keep them to one and done, if they don't get them second chance points, 
They had a lot uh, Monday night against Hornville where they clean up the glass, they lay it in. Got them out to a big lead early. But hopefully we get it together early. Hopefully we got some more plays that are going to get other people involved. And we got to get Evan going. It's been two games in a row when he's been in the teens or less. He was at, I think, 10 last week on a Friday. But if we could get him going tonight, that could be a focal point. Coach, a lot of times when you come off a a loss, you want to hurry up and get back in the gym. You're all supposed to play last night. It's moved to tonight against Bourgeois. Then your next game is not until Tuesday. I know at the end of the season, you want to try and stay on a roll. How do you keep your team focused right now to try and uh, to get on that roll to end the season? Yeah, and look, uh, we had kind of the same scenario in December. When we had that Walker tournament, we started playing our best basketball, and we had that long week-and-a-half break. And then we came out against Terrebonne, and we were ready to roll. We took that little rest, but also kept preparing. And that's going to have to be the same philosophy here. We're going to have them extra four days after this game. I'm kind of glad the game got moved the day back. It kind of benefits us. But uh, we'll get some rest the rest of this week and then prepare for Terrebonne. Having that extra week is going to be just like that December, uh, early January game when we played them. We'll have all week to prepare for them. And that's going to be a monster game, too. Um, we're keeping it one game at a time tonight. Hopefully we get this one, and then we'll roll after that. Gage, there's so much wrestling stuff I want to talk with you about, dude. In the last 24 oh, hours, oh, in the last 24 hours, we had Raw get sold to Netflix. We had Dwayne The Rock Johnson be appointed to the TKO board, so he, he, he's now a member of the board of directors. And then there was an interesting rumor last or this morning, rather, that I saw and posted in one of the wrestling sites saying that there's going to be a swerve Saturday at the Rumble and that it is now believed that Gunther is going to win the Rumble, is going to challenge mm-hmm. Seth Rollins and defeat him for the World Championship to main event Saturday. We're going to have Cody against CM Punk in a like a grudge match, you know, headline high level of the card match, and then we're getting the Rock and Roman. Everybody kind of assumed it would be Punk and Rollins. Looks like maybe yeah. there's a, a swerve there. If that's how it goes, would you be excited about that? And look, all those matches will be wonderful as well. I think I'd be excited, but I really, I don't know if The Rock's coming for this one because he had an interview on First Take, I think it was yesterday, talking about he likes playing the long game and that he may be there for this Mania. Like, it may be possible that he shows up at Mania, but he's not fighting them. And it could be like kind of a John Cena thing when he comes back the next year to fight Roman, and it could still be Cody. But I really like that these rumors come out because I have no idea what's going to happen on Saturday. That's it, my point. Open. That's where I'm, I'm going. Saturday's going to be unpredictable, bro. I'm going to be glued to it. Be. And, like, who knows? The Rock could come out at number 30. It could be going through that wins. It could still be Punk or Cody. But I like going into one of the major pay-per-views of the year where we have no idea what's going to happen. That WWE right now is at some of the best that it, it's been because there's some rumbles we walk in we're like, Oh, well, this person's winning, and you barely got to watch it. This one, we're going to be entertained. Do you think there's even a small chance that MJF makes his debut at the Rumble? I know he's reportedly a free agent. Some people say he's quietly re-signed with AEW. Some people say he has not. Do you think there's even a small iota of a chance that he could maybe make his debut at the Rumble? You know, I think there's a chance that he signs with WWE. I don't think he's going to be there at the Rumble because – if so, they got so many bodies this year that could go at WrestleMania. Like, they're going to have people left off of the card. 
So I'm thinking if he comes to WWE, it's going to be like a night after WrestleMania thing where they like that Monday night pop the night after. But I'd like to see him. It'd be similar to AJ Styles if he comes out in the Rumble. But I think we would see him later or he's going to end up back in AEW. I tend to agree with you, brother. Look, man, thanks so much for the time. Good luck tonight, brother, and we hope to chat with you soon. Oh, yeah, sure thing. Thank you all. Yep, that is Coach Griffin with Central LaFouche doing a great job. Uh, dude loves him some wrestling, just like us. That's why he gets along with us so well. What's the chances of Coach uh, Gage Griffin's middle name starting with a G? Mm, we got a triple H. He could be triple G. <laughs> I, I could ask him what his middle I name is. Gage Gunter Griffin? <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe triple it G. Is. Triple G. Oh, Gage got his team ready for a challenge tonight. That's it. He's triple G from now on. Look, dude, I really think, and I, I asked him this, I really think it's so important tonight for them to get off to a strong start. You just played Hanville. You got blasted. Now tonight you're playing a bourgeois team that just beat Hanville. So mentally, in the back of some of those kids' minds, it's probably like, uh, this might be another tough one here today. Early in the game, the first three, four minutes, you got to be winning seven to four or you know, eight to six or whatever. You don't want to fall behind 10 nothing, 10 to two, 12 to four. You need a strong start tonight to get all of the residue from that Hanville game flushed all the way down the pipes. Yeah, you don't want to play catch-up against H.L. Bourgeois, where you're going to have to pick the tempo up, and you're going to have to push and push, and H.L. is going to say, let's go. They want to play fast, so you're going to feed right into their hands. So, yes, it's very important they start off strong and not let Bourgeois get on a run and extend an early lead where they're going to have to play catch-up. That's not going to favor the Trojans. They and Terrebonne are the two most – interesting situations here as we go down the stretch just about everybody else locally we know if they're in or not and they're just kind of playing for seeding central lafouche and terrebonne in the second half of district are playing a first to get in b if they get red hot can move up and host c if you struggle down the stretch you're not going to get in at all and very rarely do we see teams in that those types of scenarios but that's exactly where those two particular teams sit central at 20 terrebonne at 23 they're going to play nothing but huge games coming home down the stretch. Yeah, Central's at 20 and Terrebonne at 23, but the difference from 20 right now, you're at 33-39. You go you, to 17 is 33-65. But then you look the other way, 33-39 at 17, and the difference of 23 is at 33-06. So yeah, that, it's... from 17 to 23-24, uh, it's close in power ranking. So uh, opponent victories can play big into this uh, season for, for these teams. And you know what the crazy part is? And Brody, if you're listening, we're coming to you, I promise. The crazy part is is that in some ways it really doesn't matter, right? Because what's the difference between the number one seed Zachary and the number 10 seed Southside? Or the number three seed Denham Springs and the number 13 seed Hanville? No matter what, you're playing somebody that's ridiculously good. That's just the way this bracket is. Um I could see Hanville or Neville, who's 15th, or West Monroe, who's been to the top 20 a zillion times, or Southside or Slidell. These are all teams that aren't even in the top eight. I could see any of those teams making it to the top 28. So, yeah, seeding is important. But really, no matter what, you're playing somebody good in the opening round. Whether you're home or not, you're playing somebody good in the opening round in Division One. Yeah, that, that's why it's very important. You want to at least try and get a home game. Yep. But, uh, yeah, you're going to be playing a good team. And uh, if you had... 28 to 
22, 21. You're facing uh, a monster. Yeah, you're playing a big dog at first round, yeah. especially this year in this the uh, division. No doubt. Let's catch a break when we get back. Coach Brody Williams of South Lafouche will join us. His team had a tough one last night against Patterson. We'll ask him about that. It's play-by-play. Play. We'll be right back after this. No more mold. No more damage. No more outdated old bathroom. No more slipping and hurting. No more stress. Make your ordinary bathroom extraordinary for only $99 per month. New shower, new door, new tub, new wall, new anti-slip technology. Be stress-free. Call 800-770-5322. BCI Bath & Shower is made in America for the highest quality. Ask about our military and senior discounts. Your dream bathroom in as little as one day. First 50 callers save $1,500 on a never-clear glass-treated door. Call now for free premium color upgrades. 800-770-5322. Call BCI Bath & Shower, the leader in bathroom remodeling. Be smart, safe, and stay a step ahead of inflation with our interest-free financing options. Call 800-770-5322. Love your bathroom with free upgrades. Call 800-770-5322. That's 800-770-5322. Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa wants you to join them for the Start of Something New sales event. Tis the season to get a great deal on a Ram or new commercial truck, van, car, or SUV. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business or personal use. It's a grand new year, so get a great deal on your new dream car, SUV, or truck today at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. No Wake Outfitters is the best fly shop and paddle sports dealer in Metairie, but we offer so much more. We can prepare you for hunting season with Lamco game feeders and functional, comfortable camo wear from Duck Camp. And we outfit kayaks to get you in those shallow duck ponds and keep you camouflaged. Let our knowledgeable staff help you have your best season. Also offering Duck Camp and Orvis Outdoor Apparel for men and women. Check out the exclusive brands like Rugged Road, Turtle Box, New Canoe, Old Town, and more. No Wake Outfitters. 1926 Airline Drive. Education, prevention, care. At Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute, we're committed to impacting future generations through promoting healthcare education and disease prevention. Our team specializes in athletic injury prevention and post care, using the latest techniques to help athletes perform at their best and stay in the game or get them back in action. Discover more about how Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute provides healthcare for our community at tghealthsystem.com. It's the lunchtime hour of play-by-play. Hope everybody's enjoying their Wednesday. We got Taylor Griffin coming in the next segment. We had Gage Griffin in the previous segment. And now we go to the phone lines and make the trip to South Lafouche and have Coach Brody Williams who's on the line now. Brody, good afternoon, buddy. How we doing, man? Doing good, Casey. How you doing? Good, good. Uh, Hope it's been a good start to your day, man. Your team had a tough one last night. You took on a Patterson team that was more athletic than you guys were, had maybe a little bit of a size advantage. I thought your kids played hard and competed. At the end of the day, just the offense was a struggle, man. You had some chances, couldn't quite score it well enough, and you fall by a dozen, forty-nine to thirty-seven. Yeah, we, um, you know, I think we went two for sixteen from three. You know, they made some outside shots, especially early in the game, and 
they cre- uh, credit to Patterson. They they went into like a matchup defense, and it was kind of we were struggling with it because they had some length and they they take up a lot of space and you know couldn't really run our zone stuff because we needed some movement. But then our match, they uh you know they were shutting it down a lot. Um, you know, and we didn't want to get in a running match with them because we know that that's that's more of their style, and it could have got. You know, ugly. I mean, you know, we had a chance then. I think we cut it to four, about three minutes left. We had a couple open shots from the outside. We just didn't capitalize. So, um, you know, but I was super proud of the effort. I thought we, uh, I thought we played as a team. I thought we played hard, and you know, for the most part, uh, we 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 listened. They listened for the uh, and then executed to the best of their ability. It was a very, very physical game, and it was a game that was kind of erratically called at times, but your boys, by and large, kept their composure. What do you tell them there? Because, you know, Coach Kiley says on the radio tape all the time, like, hey, you got to adjust to the way it's being officiated. Uh, what did you tell them to make sure that you guys were doing that last night? Yeah, I just told them they got to play contact. They don't, you know, don't expect to get, you know, cheap fouls called, you know, and just be strong. Don't change your shot near the basket. Uh, you know, handle pressure, and you know, I thought at times we kind of got dribble happy instead of moving the ball with the pass, and just trying to read and time out, that like get the ball moving, uh, ball moving, you know, swing the ball back and forth, and uh, when we get the ball near the rim, just finish strong and, and don't don't fall away, and don't don't try to expect contact to be called. So, um, you know, we just struggled a little bit. We we went through a lull, especially in that third quarter. I think we only scored six or eight points um and and they just they they got some transition buckets off turnovers and you know they kind of just at up when we're down four they pulled away uh with some some key turnovers or um transition buckets dude i'm gonna ask you a dumb question because if you knew the answer you would have fixed it but how do you get you guys to start faster man it, it feels like every game we do you're behind ten to two. Two minutes in, you got to call a timeout, and then after that timeout, you guys start rolling. But how do you guys avoid those very sluggish starts? I think it starts uh, in and before the game. You know, mental preparation. You know, we used to say it all the time. Coach Collie, it's not like a switch; you can just flip on. It starts in your days before practice. Now, look, I will say this: they came out. I think the four different guys in the first four possessions scored, or, or first five possessions, whatever. You know, they came out hot. We were in a zone, you know, and we, in a zone you're going to give up some outside shots. You know, and, and the reason we we stayed in a zone, I felt like man-to-man we would just got beat off penetration to the rim. But we were just trying to take away their guy and, uh, you know, limit him and, and limit some of their penetration, which I think we did a pretty good job of that. They just made some, you know, some crucial three-pointers. If we make a couple more of our outside shots, you know, it might be a different outcome. Coach, I'm going to ask you this for an opportunity to explain it to everybody, but as I've been asked a couple of times, I'm sure you've been asked a couple of times, had a player get a technical foul last night. I don't think it should have been a technical foul. I said it on the air. I mean, all the kid did was get the ball thrown at him. I don't know why he deserved a double tech there. He was allowed to continue to play. Can you clarify that decision and, and how you guys approach those situations going forward? Yeah, um, you know, and I anybody listening, I want to apologize for the, for the inconsistency. I know that can be, especially for players and parents, you know, confusing um, and seem inconsistent or like I'm, you know, picking favorites. At the time, it's kind of like you said, Casey, I thought that wasn't 
wasn't necessarily attitude technical, meaning he wasn't talking back to officials. He didn't curse. He didn't, you know, I thought it was just a hard-fought play. And I, I didn't think that the technical was warranted. Um, you know, looking back on the film, he he did kind of, it wasn't an aggressive play. There was an elbow thrown, and then he kind of pushed the guy, and then the guy threw the ball at him. I still honestly don't think it should have been a technical. I think they should have just got in, separated, talked to them. But, um, you know, it was a decision I made kind of for my discretion. Uh, I know it seemed fair, and, you know, I, I apologize for that. And, um, you know, I'm going to talk to some of the players. I talked to them last night, but I'm going to talk to some of the players again today. But it was just one of those things that I didn't think it was a, a technical that should have been called first, and then even when it was called, I didn't think it was warranted uh, for the kid to have to sit. It's not like he got in the guy's face or, or told a referee something or anything like that. So that's the, the reasoning behind it. Coach, you're going to halftime, I believe down six. Uh, <clears throat> Patterson really didn't start the second half strong at all, and I think it's a credit to the way y'all were playing. Y'all came out of the locker room playing some good defense, but what was going on the first four minutes of uh, of the second half, Tr uh, a struggle to score? They, they they started switching every screen. It was almost like it might have been like they were playing a zone, but they were, um, you know, they were playing like that half-court trapping zone, and then in the second half, they really just were switching all of our screens, and it was just causing some confusion on our part, um, you know, we were trying to get a lot of slips to the back, slips, and uh, you know, I think, I think they 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 play it well. You know, they they did a good job of getting in passing lanes and and cutting off you know the lane. And when we did have somebody cut open to the basket, you know, a passer might have not been on the same cutter, you know, and they they kind of forced you to have to almost penetrate on them and. You know, they're, they're athletic, and when we penetrate, you know, we'll get a decent look, but it's hard to score um, off of penetration, especially when they got a size and a quickness advantage on you. Um, you know, looking back at the stats, we, we won the offensive and defensive rebounding battle. We just uh, – our shooting percentage was down because we missed a lot of baskets. So, um, I think maybe we can – we could have – it's a little different offensively, uh, could have ran – uh, little people won't know this, but Aussie to get like a middle flasher. Um, but overall, I thought um, they just they did a good job on defense, just slowing us down. Coach, you got South Terrebonne coming up on Friday. You beat them twice this year, but you guys are also a team that went to the final seconds with Dexter Hand and Assumption teams that have just one combined win. How do you make sure that the kids are not overlooking the task at hand and are playing with the same effort that they did the first two times you beat them? Yeah, you know, I'm going to be harping on that a lot because uh, it's going to start practice. You know, we can't, it's a faceless, and I kind of hit on it last night, it's a faceless opponent. You respect everybody that you play. I mean, the kids aren't stupid. They know we beat them two times already. But if you really go back to the first game we played them at the Vanderbilt tournament, I mean, not until like the second half, we started making the kind of pull away, but it was close the whole game, really until the end of the third quarter, middle of the third quarter. So they're very capable of uh, of beating us if we don't go in and, and prepare like we're supposed to and play like we're supposed to. You know, the game plan is going to be not necessarily the game plan, just the plan going forward is going to be you just play our style of basketball, play hard, you know, play physical, 
play for each other, play team basketball, and hopefully if we do those those intangibles, uh, you know, it's going to get us a win. There you go. Thanks so much for the time, Coach, and we'll see you on Friday against them Gators, all right? All right, thank you. Appreciate it. Yep, there's Coach Brody Williams. His team had a tough one last night. They're moving into, I think, a much more manageable portion of their schedule. I can make the argument that they could win one, two, three, four, five in a row before the Vanderbilt game, which would be unlikely. Uh, but you got South Terrebonne, Lutcher, Assumption, Morgan City, and Ellender coming up. Those are all winnable games on paper. We'll see how the Tarpons fare through what is probably going to be their most manageable stretch of the year. If you're Brody right now, you're six and fourteen. You're not going to the playoffs. You know that. Would you just set the goal to try to win ten games? You got six, right? Yeah, now. yes, yeah, for sure. That, that would be a, a goal to go ahead and win at least ten games and uh, get better. It's kind of a, a you see a different crew he has in. He has a couple of lineup uh, lineup change that he had, uh, so it's different guys that are getting some playing time and just for them to improve the last uh, five or six games of the season. And when he was talking about uh, running Aussie on offense, what he was saying is he, he wanted more movement in their zone offense instead of just standing up, trying to get guys moving around, and that would maybe open up the middle of that zone where they're going to uh, try and attack. And, look, they really didn't play that bad last night. They, a formula for success that's always been a formula to win is you make more free throws than your opponents took. They did that last night. They beat them on the boards. They, they had a few more turnovers. They, they just missed some shots, and the ball bounced Patterson's way. At the end of the game, I mean, there was a couple of steals they had. And, uh, they got into transition and scored uh, four, six points real quick, and that was the separation of the game last night. So you may look, oh, 12 points. It was a lot closer than, than 12 points. And, uh, again, you make a few more shots on the inside. Uh, it, it could have been different. So it wasn't a horrible game they played. Uh, it just didn't bounce right for them last night. Yep, I agree with that. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Taylor Griffin. It's our Wednesday play-by-play. We're chatting with the Turtle in the next segment. We'll be right back after this. Your business is as unique as Southeast Louisiana. People, culture, family. We know what it means to be local. Rev is your local communications provider with support teams that live and work in the same Louisiana communities we serve. Customer first localism is truly in our DNA. Our promise is to bring your business the reliability and local support you deserve. We've been connecting communities in Louisiana for 85 years and we're ready to serve you and your business. Rev Business. Join Talk on the Bayou from 10 to 11.30 a.m. Monday through Friday on the Raging Cajun. We cover local news topics, politics, and entertainment each weekday. And it's all brought to you in part by Lady of the Sea General Hospital, Rev, and Thibodeau Regional Health System. Talk on the Bayou Monday through Friday from 10 to 11.30 a.m. Right here on the Raging Cajun KLEB 1600 a.m. and 102.7 FM. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too. Through good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. School sports are played by humans coached by humans, and officiated by humans. 
So the next time you're sitting in the stands at a school athletic event, please remember this and maintain your humanity, especially when it comes to judging and critiquing athletes, coaches, and officials. Please show your fellow humans some respect. They'll appreciate your empathy. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. There's no combination of words I could put on the back of a postcard. No song that I could sing, like that? but I can try for yeah, you. Yeah, those dance moves. Yeah, man. Oh, we're dancing in the studio. Oh. It's play-by-play. Play. Hope everybody's enjoying their day. You look like Trump. <laughs> hey, that's a good thing. Yeah. That's a good thing. We go to the phone lines now for the final time today, and we got Taylor Griffin on the line. Uh, of course, he is one of our broadcast partners on high school basketball coverage and does such a great job every Wednesday breaking some things down in the ways that only Taylor can. Turtle, good afternoon. What are we doing, brother? Hey, doing just fine. How y'all doing today? Yep, good to hear from you, man. We're doing fine as well. Last night was a tough one for the Tarpon boys and girls. They fall to Patterson um, on the boys' side, lose to Vanderbilt on the girls' side. Um Bro, we got some really good teams in our area. You and I saw HL Bourgeois, Terrebonne's really good. Vanderbilt boys and girls are really good. We saw them. Um, it's crazy. Uh, it, it's kind of a situation where there's kind of no middle. It's either you're elite or you're not. There's not a whole lot of gray area in our local basketball area this year. Yeah, yeah, man, you're absolutely right. They, um, you know, they, there's a. Uh, I don't know. We, we going we going through some sort of a uh, some sort of lull down the bay at the moment but uh you know there's there's something good at brewing in the water at homa for sure man they they got their they got their stuff together they got something going on man uh you know and, and the only shocker here out of the whole thing the the traditional power you know ellender's down right now for whatever reason but yeah man hl is great terrebonne's great vanderbilt's good on both sides uh Van, great great on uh on one for sure um man i've uh everything i've seen you know these uh these local teams, you know, I, I'm interested to see how many teams just from Homa alone end up making some deep playoff runs because uh, they've 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 all been uh, for the most part pretty dang impressive, man. Um, you know, and as far as the Tarpons go, you know, um, the boys are you know they're going through a tough time right now. They uh, you know trying to figure out how to how to win, trying to figure out how to play together, and uh, the the girls are pretty solid from what I what what I've been able to see. Um, be interested to see um, you know, how they how they fare towards the uh, towards the end of the season, bro. The the Southland Conference in the especially on the men's side, man, it is drunk right now. You had Nichols on Monday get an overtime win against Incarnate Word, where they're getting a put back dunk to send it to overtime. Then they win in overtime on the road. You have McNeese get a I'll call it like it is a lucky road win against Corpus Christi, where they're down. Uh, I mean, excuse me. Uh, Corpus Christi's up by two. Kid fouls, thinking they're up by three. McNeese makes the first free throw, gets the rebound, and a putback on the second. Like, dude, we're gonna have some some Saturday Monday games that are gonna just make us say, "What the heck is going on?" This is on top of Nichols rallying from seventeen down against New Orleans. This is on top of a Nichols kid instead of inbounding the ball, just walking on the floor, which caused overtime against Lamar. Like. Dude, it, they always say in college football that it's the 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 Mac who has the crazy games, and they play on Tuesday night. Right now, on the men's basketball side, it's the Southland that is just crazy, crazy results. 
Yeah, man, the, the Southland is an absolute just chaotic mess. But, uh, but man, I, I'm here for it. It's uh, Every game I've seen has been fun, even some of the ones that Nichols is not involved in. I'll just peek in on, on, uh, on ESPN Plus and see what's going on here and there. And every – Every game is is wild, man, and and the Nichols games that you and I have got to be a part of, man. Between seeing guys stepping on the floor, like you said, uh, instead of inbounding, we've seen highlight dunks. We've seen a dunk make the top ten. We we see all kind of wild things happen, man. There's a uh, there's nothing like Southland Conference basketball. It's going to be something interesting every time. You know, you're going to have guys. You're going to have true freshmen that, that, that come in straight out of high school ready to roll, and you're going to have fifth, sixth, seven-year seniors who have who this is their fourth stop in their college career who, you know, are going to be playing for money one day uh, somewhere overseas who, who are, you know, dominant forces, you know, worth, worth the price of admission. And every, everything we've seen from every angle in the Southland so far has, has been great. There's never been a, a down, disappointing night. I have one complaint. I hate the Tuesday, Saturday, Monday thing. Why did we go away from the doubleheaders, Taylor? I don't like this, man. I wish we did it the way that we used to do it, where Thursday's a boy-girl doubleheader, Saturday's a boy-girl doubleheader. I don't like that we have those games where they're separated and are not playing together. I'm 100% with you, man. It's uh, that right there, just flat out, no way to sugarcoat it. That sucks. That sucks for everybody, man. It sucks for us. The people working the table, going to the gym multiple nights. Uh, that sucks for the the fans, the the teams involved. The you know every every bit of it. I have no idea why they did that, but you know as far as the people in charge at the top of the Southland Conference, they seem to be just as drunk as the LHSAA when it comes to their brilliant decision making. They can't get anything right. Um, why and, and you know what it, I think we've talked about this before. You know what it hurts the most. You know we talk about you know we talk about equality. We talk about trying to grow the game. We talk about things like that. And it's a shame that you know some of these women's programs they they're exciting. They're fun games to be at. You know the game has evolved. Uh, th- these girls are getting better and better. And and you want to get them more exposure. And one of the, the key elements there that used to always be something you could rely on was a doubleheader. And it would always, even those fans who've never seen them before, you arrive early for the men's game that you only intended to see. You catch the last three, four minutes of the girls' game, and you're like, man, we gotta, we got to get here early next time. we got to get here early. Now you cut out so many of these doubleheader opportunities, and it's like, the Monday or the Thursday, whatever it is, when the women are just playing by themselves and there's no there's there's no doubleheader involved, like you got fifty people in the gym, including the people on the floor and the people working the table. <laughs> right. And it's it's a shame. It's a shame because those teams deserve better and that is entirely that's the Southland Conference's fault for dropping the ball on that one. And and look, I it, it, it's funny when you think about it, but it's it's terrible. It it, it is a crying shame that that's that's where we are, man. They, they got to do better for the conference. So USA basketball played the world championships this past summer. We sent a, a skeleton squad out there, some B-list players, and we lost. We lost to Germany, who won the world championship. Team USA released their roster finalists for the 2024 Olympics. Germany, I hope you had your fun. 
because your fun time is over. Um, the United States is sending all the dogs. Devin Booker, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Anthony Edwards, Paul George, James Harden, Jason Tatum, LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, like a who's who Joel Embiid is on the list because he just became an American citizen. Hope Germany had their front their fun because man, we're going to beat the snot out of everybody in Paris this summer. And I can't wait because look, it's also become sentimental. Like, this is gonna be the last time LeBron's on an Olympic team. This is maybe the last time Durant's on an Olympic team. It's kind of that last hurrah, but boy, it's gonna be no mercy. We're coming for the rest of the world. Oh yeah. You you're right. Chris Paul's another name you could throw in there. Yep. This will be this will be his last one for sure. He's he, he's getting up there in age. Uh but man, it's um, I, I never understood why we we send the skeleton crew. I mean, I understand that the, the the tournament technically doesn't matter. We're only going to show up to the big games, and we're only going to show up to you know the Olympics themselves. You know, the World Championships, no one really cares about. But we got to send some people that are good enough to get the job done. But anyway, that that complaining aside. Um, I'm super excited about it. I love watching Olympic basketball, man. And, and I know you didn't ask, but I got to throw this out there. I I would be really shocked if we don't see really great things just because it's a little bit different. It's the international game. Sometimes you need, you know, a different type of playmaker out of nowhere to do some wild things on the court, do some high flying, do some unexpected. I would not be shocked if Anthony Edwards, makes some really major things happen for this team. He, he's an up-and-coming guy. Man, he's he's uh, he's somebody you like to watch. He's not quite the needle-mover, ticket-seller on the road when, oh, my God, we got to go see Anthony Edwards is in town. But not yet. He's close, man. He's so, he's so close. And I can't wait to see what he does against international competition. You know, it's crazy. There's a list of, like, 40 names here. Zion Williamson is not on the list. We have Wayne Kessler on the list. Bobby Portis on the list. Uh, Austin Reeves is on the list. But Zion Williamson is not. Desmond Bain. Jarrett Allen. Dude, that's goes a long way in showing the respect that the people around basketball circles have for old Zion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, he has no one to blame but himself. I mean, well, maybe... Maybe Oshner Sports Medicine still to be determined, but as far as the weight gain and the and the lack of effort there, yeah, it's uh, people um, people seem to have just lost interest in him. And the other day, yeah, I did read somewhere, man, I can't remember who it might have been Kenny Smith who had made a comment who had said something like, uh, you know, when me and Shaq uh, give Zion a hard time, it's because we care, it's because yeah. we believe in him. You know, we we. We believe he has the potential, and, you know, we wouldn't be picking on him if we didn't care for him, you know. So I, I just wish it would open up Zion's eyes a little more and, and see that, like, he, he, at this point he should be the best player in the league. If not, I mean, at, at the very least, top five discussion. He should be the most dominant, and he, he's just not there. He's not even close. And so much that they're not even worried about trying to bring him to the for the Olympic team. Like he should be a leader on this Olympic team. And it's it's sad. Look, let's talk some WWE. So much has happened in the last forty eight hours. Uh Monday Night Raw is coming to Netflix on a five billion dollar deal. 
Um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has been named a member of the board of TKO, which is the the company that governs WWE. The Rock went on the first take and said, hey, yeah, I'm open to fighting Roman. It's going to be the biggest main event in WrestleMania history, and looks like that's locked in. And then I was reading a report today in one of the dirt sheets that says that because it looks like it's going to be Rock and Roman, we're kind of shuffling the deck a little bit. It looked like at one time it was going to be CM Punk and Seth Rollins, no doubt, night one of WrestleMania. But apparently, internally, and also in Las Vegas, because you can't bet on wrestling, which is crazy, but there's been a big line shift, and now Gunther is favored to win the Royal Rumble, so they might pull a big swerve. It won't be Cody or Punk who will win the Rumble, because it looks like Gunther is one of the guys they're choosing, and reportedly he'll go against Seth Rollins at Mania, setting up Cody Rhodes and CM Punk, which I got to tell you, after their promo war on Monday, I'm here for that. If those are the plans, Gunther Rollins, Punk Rhodes, Rock Roman, dude, it's going to be one hell of a WrestleMania. Yes, definitely, definitely. I know I've, I've, given, I've given Gunther and all his fans some grief in the past. I still don't think he's as good as everyone thinks he is. He just doesn't do it for me, but... Last year, all the complaining I did, I forget which night he performed, but they they, they stole the show the night, uh, his WrestleMania night, when uh, when I was expecting it to be a major flop. Uh, last year, he had a great performance. Uh, he definitely worked the crowd the right way, worked his opponent the right way, kept us engaged, so he, he did his job. But, but yeah, man, these potential matchups going into Mania – just incredible should be extremely entertaining for all involved so tell me about the raw to netflix thing um it doesn't bother me because i have netflix already it's not anything that i'm going to have to add to my you know a la carte television portfolio but there are going to be some people that are going to be left out in the wash but at the end of the day i think this is where it's all headed we saw an nfl playoff game on peacock it drew huge numbers i think that's going to continue we see one of the most popular television shows in the world now moving to Netflix and Monday Night Raw. It's a sign of the times, brother. We could we could not like it or we can evolve with it. We're going to see a lot of stuff moving to these streaming services here very soon, I fear. Yeah, yeah. Puff Bed, Kylie Cablevision is just turning over in their grave, man. It's it's uh it's 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 sad to see. It's sad to see where we've where we've uh, landed here with 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 TV overall, but but, yeah, man, you're right. Um, it's not going to bother me either. I'm already a Netflix subscriber, and whoever's running the numbers, whoever's making the decisions, doing the studies, checking out the surveys, I mean, it's apparently the right move. Um, there's, there's probably a significant pe- number of people out there in this country who one of the main reasons they still pay for cable is to watch Raw live every Monday. So if... Uh, you know, if Netflix feels like the move is we take them off of there, we bring them here, now we just, we're going to get a million new subscribers just just on that alone, then, uh, or, or more than that, obviously. Um, then if they feel like it's worth it, then, yeah, I guess it's worth it. It's, uh, that's, that's where we headed. I mean, if, if we end up looking five, ten years down the road from now and there's only one satellite, TV available, and there's only one big, huge cable conglomerate available. Then, then, then that that's that's what it's going to be, man. It's uh, as you said, the, the the times, the sign of the times that they're they're here, man. We're we're uh, we're living in history, and 
20, 30 years from now, they're going to talk about what we saw as normal as something just crazy, just with all the different TV options. Uh, you know, it's um, we we in it. We're in the middle of it right now. And good move, I think, by both parties between WWE and Netflix. It's uh, it's good to see them stepping in the right direction before it's too late. One thing that's worth noting, and I was reading this, is that it appears as though now with the move to Netflix, there will be no commercials on Raw at all. So you're going to get nothing but, you know, ad-free, maybe some WWE promo stuff, but there's not going to be any commercials, which as a result, to fill three hours of non-commercial wrestling is going to be a chore. So there's already talks and whispers that we're going back to two hours, which Turtle, I think, would be amazing because it's hard for me to watch three hours of live wrestling every Monday. I think if they shifted it back to two, it would be an absolute godsend and more people would buy into the product. Yep, yep, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. There's, there's, too, much, there's too much fluff. There's too much filler trying to get through an entire episode of Raw. I can't do it, man. I'll just sit straight up. Like, I, I got to watch. I got to watch the replay, the condensed hour and and 40 minute replay on hulu and i'm still fast forwarding the next day like it's 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 too much so if they would if they bring it down to two hours and use their personnel the right way and not have all the filler and the fluff man that would be that'd be great i i'm all for it man i fully support that who's going to the super bowl we got the chiefs and the ravens on one side we got the lions and the 49ers on the other at the end of the day what are taylor griffin's picks who's going playing the big game Man, as much as I would love to see the Detroit Lions versus the uh, the Baltimore Ravens, I uh, I think the 49ers are going to pull it off barely in a wild way at the end. Uh, I think it's 49ers Ravens. I think I think the Chiefs have definitely hit the end of the road. I think they're done. I, I think I think Baltimore takes care of business easily with them uh, just because they're so on fire right now, uh, just playing on a whole nother level than everyone else. But uh, not the matchup I want, but I think the matchup we will see, Baltimore-San Francisco with uh, Baltimore winning by probably three points. I've never asked you about this, but I'm curious to hear your opinion. they got so many people on social media that complain, oh, Taylor Swift is ruining the NFL. They show her too much. I made the point on Monday when Jason Kelsey ripped off his shirt and was pressing his nipples against the glass, everybody <laughs> thought it was the greatest thing that they had ever seen. But whenever we show a beautiful woman in the stand celebrating, we want it to be off of the TV. Taylor, what the hell is wrong with us that we would rather see a guy strip on TV than see Taylor Swift? <laughs> I, could, uh, I could take that conversation and that scenario so many different <laughs> directions. And since I'm just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go where my mind initially thought, but I will say this: uh, Jason Kelsey is must see TV. He's must he's must listen podcast material. He's he's an American icon. He's he's everything he's everything that's right with our world. Um, I I don't know what the hell's wrong with all these people, but the people who complain like oh there's too much Taylor Swift like shut up. Thank really. you. It's not it. Look, who cares? It's, it's three seconds. It's five. So what if you missed the end of an end zone celebration because they're showing her? Like, who cares? If anything, it's good for the game. It, it, it brings more eyes to the TV. It brings more eyes to the NFL. 
I mean, it's let, just, just let it happen, man. But uh, but Jason Kelsey, you know, uh, sad to see him go with his recently announced retirement. But he is he is a national treasure, and I think we're going to be one way or another, whether he gets into acting or he just becomes the next Joe Rogan in the podcast world, or he ends up with a reality TV show. We have not seen the end of him. And uh, also, as long as Travis keeps playing, uh, we're definitely going to be seeing him at least, you know, in the suite celebrating, cheering on his brother by however many years he's got left in the in the league. But, uh, you know, just to sum it all up, go Jason Kelsey. Uh, we, uh, we love everything he does. No doubt about that, brother. Look, we thank you so much for the time. We hope you enjoy the rest of the day, and we'll chat soon. Okay, partner? Yep, yep. Same here, man. It's uh always fun. Thank y'all for having me, and uh, go Tarps. God bless America. That's Taylor Griffin doing an excellent job, as always. We look forward to having him every Wednesday. Loved his thoughts there. Jason Kelsey is awesome, but, I mean, come on now. He's shaking his beer belly on television. <laughs> you caught me off guard. Um, got some interesting things happening in the world of the NBA today. Doc Rivers has been named the new coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, you don't see this often. Uh, usually you see a guy get fired in the middle of the year, and then an interim guy carries the baton the rest of the year. Then you hire somebody. Oh, the Bucks are bringing in Doc Rivers now in the middle of the season whenever the Bucks job was open in the offseason, and they didn't hire Doc Rivers. Reportedly, they, the Milwaukee Bucks fired Adrian Griffin after having some internal issues with Giannis Anacumpo and Damian Lillard. You're 30 and 13 and are one of the best teams in the NBA. And a lot of the 13 games that you lost are because Giannis sits out every once in a while. He's kind of a load management guy. Now, their team defense has dropped from fourth to 22nd this season. But guess what? You traded Drew Holiday away as one of your best defenders. You got Damian Lillard, who's only interested in shooting three pointers from half court. That's why your defense stinks. Um, if I were Doc, I'd be a little nervous here, man. Like, because the Bucks set the precedent yesterday that just winning ain't enough. We got to win, and we also got to make our spoiled brats happy. Um, that's a tough situation to be in when you're replacing a guy who, in the middle of the season, was thirty and thirteen. It you got to do more than just win because winning alone is not enough, apparently, in Milwaukee. Sad if the on that level, if the player's not happy. The coach is gone. So the coach is only there at that level, I think, to take criticism, uh, maybe away from the players. And, I mean, you're not happy? The co- the players are not happy? Coach is gone. 30 and 13, and you get rid of them. They're one of the teams that are favorites to win the NBA championship. And, yeah, replacing the coach in the middle of the year, I, I don't get it. I absolutely positively don't get it. Um Last night, the Pelicans had an offensive explosion. They score 153 points in a win over the Utah Jazz. Everybody got involved. McCollum had 33 points. He made nine three-pointers. That's incredible. Zion Williamson had 17 points with 11 assists. Herb Jones, 22 points. Valanchunas, 17 points, 12 rebounds. Ingram, 18 points. Larry Nance, 12 points. Trey Murphy, 14 points. Alvarado, 9 points. Everybody got going for the Pelicans last night. They're 26-18. and 18. New Orleans is is a team that is so entrenched in the middle. It's crazy to me. They'll beat up on average to below average teams and just blow them out. 
But then when they play a Denver or a Phoenix or, or Clippers last time, they get blown out. It's crazy. Like, they are stuck. They are right there just below the best teams, but they're clearly above the bad teams. They're going to win a round or two in the playoffs, maybe, and then they're going to get knocked out, if assuming that they stay healthy. But they are a very exciting team to watch. You score 153 points last night. That's a great showing against Utah. How many rebounds Zion had? Oh, probably about two, two? or three. Yeah, I, I would. Zion had... Pull it up here. Da, da, da. Come on, iPad. Zion Williamson had a grand total of three rebounds yes, last night. He was dominating the glass. Part of it. Why are you not going to beat these upper teams? 17 points, three rebounds, 11 assists. Three rebounds. My goodness. For the season, Zion is averaging 5.6 rebounds per game. He's 69th in the NBA in rebounds. With as much as his big ass is stuck in the paint, yep. getting not even six rebounds a game. So the Pelicans now are going to have a night off. They're not going to play tonight. I believe they're back at it tomorrow. Nope, they're off tomorrow as well. So got a little bit of a break here before getting back in action, and they'll be taking on Oklahoma City on the 26th, which is uh, Friday. So we'll see if the Pelicans can stay hot. They currently got a a one-and-a-half game division lead over Dallas, and uh, we'll see where it goes from here, but just to show you, their last eight or nine games, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. I mean, there's no rhythm there. No. They're, they're the NBA version of Patterson. Well, I was going to say it, but I just ain't going there. <laughs> Let's catch a break when we get back out of the break. We will talk about LSU football. They made a big coaching hire today. It's a guy that you're going to know, and I think it's a really good coach. And we'll talk about some other things happening in the world of sports. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! When it comes to brain and spine surgery, you want an expert. You want Thibodeau Regional. Our neurosurgeons perform complex back, neck, and brain surgeries, as well as minimally invasive and even same-day procedures. Spine and even basic brain surgery may be commonly available in our region. What isn't common is the expertise and quality care you'll receive at Thibodeau Regional Brain and Spine Clinic. Water safety tips from Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. One, always designate a water watcher when children are in and around water. Two, wear your life jacket when on a boat or near open water. Three, remove toys from swimming pools when not in use. Four, empty all blow-up pools and buckets of water when not in use as children can drown in as little as two inches of water. Five, check the water first if a child goes missing. Six, stay off and away from the rock jetties. And number seven, swimming lessons can reduce drownings by 88%. Learn to swim. 
Well, I tell you what, I don't know personnel-wise what the LSU football team is going to look like, though they do have a lot of their offense back. Four linemen, Nussmeyer, quarterback, a bunch of your running backs back, a bunch of your receivers back, though you're missing the two big guys. But, man, there's no question LSU has done a wonderful job putting their coaching staff together. They've gotten some really big fish here in this offseason, revamped the defensive staff. You get a bunch of guys that around the country are very um, highly regarded. Yesterday, Brian Kelly promoted Joe Sloan and Cortez Hankton to be their co-offensive coordinators. We talked about that a little bit. They handled that in the bowl game. Everything looked fine. According to reports, Joe Sloan is actually kind of the mastermind that was helping Jaden Daniels progress during his career at LSU. So we'll see how that goes. On the defensive side, you hired a, you know, a lot of very well-known and very uh, prestigious guys to run the defensive side of the ball. And today... LSU rounded out their offensive coaching staff by bringing in a guy that has some Louisiana ties and that former Tulane offensive coordinator Slade Nagel will join the program and he is going to be LSU's tight ends coach. Um, I think Brian Kelly is doing two things here. A, he's getting a guy in Slade Nagel who knows the state, coached at Tulane, he's from Lake Charles, was a big-time football recruit in his day, actually signed with Clemson out of high school. So you're, you're taking care of that. And B, I think you're giving yourself insurance in that if the Sloan and Hankton offense doesn't work, well, you've got an offensive coordinator and play caller now on your staff in Slay Nagel as kind of a plan B that you could fall back on if that doesn't work the way that they hoped. Um Defensive coaching staff, you got Blake Baker, who's going to be your coordinator. Bo Davis, everybody says, is one of the best defensive line coaches in the country. Kevin Peoples, a lot of people say he's one of the best defensive line coaches in the country as well. Uh, he's going to be working with your edge rushers. Corey Raymond will be working with your defensive backs, and Jake Olston is your safeties coach. If for nothing else, Brian Kelly has put together a really, really good staff. And how about this? Every single coach on the staff, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, they all have experience coaching and recruiting in Louisiana. It's easy to see what Coach Kelly's trying to do here. He's trying to lock up the state, keep the best players here, go get some guys from the outside when necessary. That's not a bad formula for trying to win in Baton Rouge. When you look at it from top to bottom, I believe this would be one of the best coaching staffs in the nation. I think so. Uh, and, and that's, a, I mean, a, a good start for the, for the Tigers trying to make that next jump, that next step that they're trying to take. Yeah, I think so. I agree with that. I think that that's uh, um, certainly very well said. Um, the Green Bay Packers today fired their defensive coordinator, Joe Barry. Um, I thought the Packers' defense was pretty good at times, but statistically they did struggle. So LaFleur, Matt LaFleur will be on his third defensive coordinator in six seasons. The Saints are continuing to try to circle the wagons to try to find their offensive coordinator, they're interviewing everybody under the sun, but as we talked about yesterday, no one that they have interviewed yet has ever actually been an offensive coordinator before. So we're going to see um, who they end up coming with. Are you getting a little bit concerned about this? Man, i got to tell you, some of these names that you see, I'm not all that excited about. Um, but I don't know, man. we got to trust Mickey Loomis, right? They're going to bring the right guy into the building, supposedly. But some of those names don't move the needle a whole lot for me in New Orleans right now. You would think with this organization, what they went through this year on the offensive side of the football, that they would want to kind of make a big splash with this hire. And some of the names 
that they, they're bringing out. I mean, like who the hell is that? <laughs> it's like I would keep Carmichael over some of those names, and uh, I don't know, man. I why is it taking so long? Either they're playing games and they know who they want, or why is it, it, it taking so long to get this done? I could give you my answer. Because ain't nobody wants to go there. There, A lot of these guys with options are not going to want it. Look, here's the reason why I wouldn't want to go to New Orleans right now. Two reasons. A, I don't think Derek Carr is very good. I'll give you three reasons. I don't think Derek Carr is very good. B, I think Dennis Allen enters the year on the hot seat, so there's a really good chance that at the end of next year you're going to get fired when he gets fired. And C, um, you're in a situation where if you have options, there's a lot of situations right now that are available that are better than New Orleans. So I think it's going to end up being very similar to whenever they backed into hiring Pete Carmichael because I, I, I say this, I'm always the first one to kick on Dennis Allen. I truly am. But... Dennis Allen tried to not hire Pete Carmichael. When he took the job, he didn't name Carmichael the offensive coordinator for months after getting hired. He interviewed everybody under the sun. He interviewed being me. He interviewed everybody. Couldn't find anybody to bite. And I think that's the problem they're running into right now is that people with options don't want to go and buy uh, property in soil that is contaminated. And I think right now the soil in New Orleans is contaminated. Yeah, very much so. And look, uh, there's still some head coaches in the NFL to be named. And everyone's waiting for, like, they say Jim Harbaugh. When he decides what he's doing, then the pieces are all going to fall in. Well, you can understand where some head coaches are not named yet because they're probably looking at coordinators who are still playing with their teams in the NFL playoffs. With the Saints, they're looking for a coordinator. There's no one on – these four teams left in the NFL, coordinator is going to come and be a coordinator for the Saints. Oh, not a coordinator, yeah. no. You can maybe steal their quarterback's coach or something. You're not stealing any of their quarterbacks. But then if you get a quarterback's coach, it's someone who hasn't probably called plays before. That's So an inexperienced coordinator, it, it's, it's mind-boggling what it's taken so long. And I can understand teams waiting for a head coach because that's going to be some of these coordinators are going to come take those spots. But – when you're looking for your own offensive coordinator, it ain't coming from these four teams. You know why I think that some of these head coaching vacancies are being slow to be filled? I truly believe this. I think that if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, I think Andy Reid's going to retire. And I think that there are some folks that are waiting to see if that happens. Because old Belichick or Harbaugh or whatever might be saying, you know what? If I have an opportunity to go replace that guy and get Patrick Mahomes, that would be a great thing for me. I think that's why it's a little bit slow to develop as there are some whispers that Reed's getting near the end, and if they do somehow win the Super Bowl, he might be bye-bye, going right off into the sunset. So we all waiting for that first piece to fall, then it should be quick after that. The Chargers are reportedly deciding between Jim Harbaugh and Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll did an interview there and reportedly, reportedly is gaining some steam. Um the Chargers and the Falcons are probably the two most attractive jobs for different reasons. The Chargers because you got Justin Herbert. The Falcons because you have a division that's terrible and an owner that's willing to spend any amount to try to get the team better. Um, yeah, you're right. We're, we're going to see somebody make that first move, and then after that I think all the gaps are going to get plugged in. But it's going to be very fascinating to see. Uh, you still got Dan Quinn in Dallas. Is he going to go anywhere? 
He's rumored to have interviewed with Seattle. He was the defensive coordinator at Seattle for a long time. Will he get back in it? Will he stay with Dallas? I, there's a lot of moving pieces here on this board, and it'll be very interesting to see how they get filled. Yeah, somehow the Saints are in that mix with a coordinator open. But not needing a head coach. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Um, look, man, we, let's talk about this. Um, LSU's playing today, college basketball. They're trying to get back at it. Tomorrow, they're taking on South Carolina in the PMAC. The record crowd in the PMAC, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to botch the number, but it's like 15,186 or something. It's the largest crowd that ever fit in that building. They're trying to break it tomorrow. Do you think that they're going to be successful so, yes, in that endeavor? If they are trying to break it, yes, 100% they will break it. I saw a, an aerial shot of the PMAC posted today. They've already got – it's a whiteout. They've already got the white shirts on every seat, and there's the excitement brewing, and tickets on the secondary market are ridiculous right now. Like, you're having to pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars just to even get in the building. It's crazy, man. It's unbelievable. Five, six, seven years ago, this would have never happened. Now it's here, and it's here to stay. Sign me up. I'm super jacked up for tomorrow. 7 o'clock, LSU, the number nine team in the country, welcoming South Carolina. I don't like South Carolina. I don't like South Carolina's coach. I don't like the way that they play. I think their style is boring. I would love nothing more than to see LSU win. And did you see Kim Mulkey say yesterday? I was getting her to say it. I respect this. Kim Mulkey said, we win. Y'all better stay your ass off the court. We're the national champions. We ain't storming the court. What do you think about that? I like it. We, we I mean, you're the national champions. You're expected Maybe not to win, but you've been you've been there before, you know. Uh, I, I like it. We're not storming the court. Yeah, they are. <laughs> the coach could say they're but not. But it's South Carolina. I mean, the coach could say that they're not storming the court, but that's that's her. You tell the drunk eighteen and twenty two year olds that are going to be filling up that building if LSU wins to not go in the court. Good luck. Oh, then I would love to hear her press conference after. I, I truly believe, and maybe I'm wrong. The queen spoke, and y'all did not listen. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe they will not storm the court, and maybe they'll listen to Mulkey, whatever. Maybe they'll put up an electric fence on the baseline to keep them out. But if LSU wins tomorrow, they're storming the court. I don't care what Mulkey says. I, they're storming the court. Might be a, a bad look for her. She's not going to want that. It's about her. Mm, yeah, we'll see. First, got to get the win, though, right? That'll, yeah, be, that'll be very difficult in and of itself against the South Carolina team that's the number 17 team in the country. Let's put a pin in it today. We want to thank Gage Griffin for the time. Triple G. Brody Williams for the time. And also Taylor Griffin for the time. Tomorrow we'll get Stan and then also our mailbag. Uh, we've got a whole lot of stuff to cover in the next couple of days. We've got some big high school results tonight, all leading also into Friday where we've got a full slate. Friday, we will um, preview some of those and then get the results on Saturday on the Sports Corner. Tonight, we're at Homa Christian School. Homa Christian taking on Thomas Jefferson uh, Junior Varsity at 5.30, correct? Yes. 5.30, and then we got the Varsity after that. Homa Christian trying to get a huge district win over Thomas Jefferson. On the AM side, Truck will be broadcasting the Golden Medal Middle School Lions against the Grand Isle Trojans. Girls at 5.30, boys to follow. Can't wait. So uh, we got a double header trying to pull off the double header. We're on the FM. They're on the AM. And we will see how it goes. Let's Thanks uh, Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks to our co- coaching guest. 
We'll be back tomorrow. You've been listening to Play by Play. Have a wonderful rest of the day. God bless. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.